office, he handed her the card, which she read with joy, then tucked into her purse to show Lindy later. They dropped Hannah off at her parents, chatted a few minutes, then left for the short ride to the range. Leanne's good mood held until just inside the doors, where the joy quickly turned to discomfort, bordering on chagrin upon arriving at the gun range at noon. Too loud, too scary. She hated the gun. She hated firing it. She asked if they could leave before their time was up. Like many young parents who have some time away from a young child, they decided to take advantage of it. Though Leanne had told her parents she'd be back in about an hour, they raced the ten miles or so in mixed Dodge Dakota truck back to their house in the working-class suburb of Hazel Park for an early afternoon quickie. Within ten minutes, Leanne was dead, shot behind the right ear with the Smith & Wesson, and lying naked from the waist down in a swamp of her own blood on their bedroom floor. Mick's hysterical 911 call summoned police from the Hazel Park Police Station, three blocks away. There'd been a horrible accident while he was in the bathroom, he told them. His wife had picked up the gun, and somehow it had gone off. Soon, two judges would be under a cloud of suspicion because of affairs with the young, extremely handsome attorney, and one of their careers would end up in tatters. Mick had gone with Leanne to church on Sunday and out with her parents to dinner Sunday. But after the steak and the beers, he hadn't gone back to his nearby office to wrap up some work, as he'd claimed. He'd gone to Judge Susan Chernofsky's house, where, she told police, he'd had sex with her and told her he loved her. Mick hadn't told her Leanne was pregnant. The police broke that news to her. By Thursday, Mick Fletcher would be in the Oakland County Jail, accused of first-degree murder in the deaths of his beautiful young wife and his new baby. Prosecutors would allege that he was so cold-hearted and brutal that moments after he'd had sex with his wife, while she was still kneeling on the floor near their bed with his freshly deposited semen in her vagina, he'd picked up the Smith & Wesson and shot her in the right ear. All that week and continuing on until after his trial in the summer of 2000, headline writers, talk radio, and local TV news made the most of one of those stories too good to be true. The beautiful wife, the equally beautiful judge, the movie star handsome attorney, who had them both. And a big gun, a bloody corpse, and sex in the afternoon. It seemed so clear-cut. At the least, Fletcher was a cold-blooded murderer motivated by his love for another woman. At the worst, as one local half-hour TV show would luridly and breathlessly claim following Fletcher's arraignment, the murder was the bloody, logical last act for a psychopath who had been a Satanist and devil-worshipper in college, and who was fixated on ultra-violent computer games. Or was it clear-cut? Before the often-delayed trial was finally over, the defense would raise legitimate doubts about the forensic evidence. Rookie investigators, it would be clear, had made more than their share of mistakes in what seemed, to some, a rush to judgment. How could a cotton shirt that prosecutors alleged was splattered with a fine mist of blood blown out of Leanne's head, the linchpin of the case against Fletcher, flunk a test 
for a DNA match with her blood? Had a mother-in-law's anger and accusations sent cops on the wrong path? An hour-long 2020 downtown ABC News show after the trial would reveal a jury torn by doubt, disbelieving the prosecution evidence, and bent on solving the case itself with its own theory of what happened and how. Even going so far as to reconstruct the crime scene with masking tape and reenact a sequence of events different from that alleged by the prosecution, which the defense never had a chance to rebut. Was McFletcher an evil psychotic who had planned and carried out the most brutal and heinous of crimes? Absolutely, say prosecutors and state and local police. Or the unluckiest man on the face of the earth, a modern-day Job, who lost his wife and child to a deadly accident only to be charged with the murder.